This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. It is Taz the Moose with you here on this Friday morning on CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who understands that it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Mike Pete across the way. Heller with your updates, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I used to be a lot more into award shows, sports or entertainment when I was growing up as compared to where I am right now. I mean, I see in promos on CBS for the Grammy Awards. Eh. You know, the Academy Awards come rolling around. I don't I don't see as many of the movies as I probably once did. I mean, it's interesting to see what the stars and my wife loves the red carpet and watching, you know, seeing what people are wearing and and those are always kind of entertaining because you kind of get the personalities of of the stars that are there and you know, I bring it up because you know, last night and I didn't even know it was on until basically the awards were announced. But last night you had the college football award show on ESPN. And to nobody's surprise at all, you know, Joe Burrow, all the accolades that came his way as being a record-setting quarterback at LSU and playing the best at that position and LSU being the top team in the land, um, you know, wins the Maxwell Award, wins the Davey O'Brien Award, best player, best quarterback in college football. And as the Heisman Trophy gets awarded this weekend, you know, that is an award show. I get into that one because it's just one award and it's a span of, what, an hour? Maybe it's 90 minutes they've expanded it. You know, it used to be on CBS. Remember when they did that? Now it's on ESPN. And you get, you know, you'll get a little bit of background on all four of the finalists, Jalen Hurts, Chase Young, Fields and and Joe Burrow, you know I've been lucky enough to be one of the one of the guys that or gals that vote for it each and every year for the last seven or eight years. So and I can't reveal my vote till afterward. That's part of the rules of it. But you know Joe Burrow is the 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 heavy favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, and it's really a credit to him because you hear some of these stories of Aaron Burrow, and I referenced one in to Taz earlier in the week that 
You know, Nebraska didn't think he was good enough. You know, sitting there at Ohio State behind R.J. Barrett and looking for an opportunity and goes to LSU. How about the story that when Ed Orgeron, think about this, Ed Orgeron is recruiting Joe Burrow. Read this one last night. This is a great story. He's recruiting Joe Burrow. They're at a restaurant down in New Orleans. They sit down to eat dinner, right? Orgeron wants crawfish. Restaurant doesn't serve crawfish. Orgeron calls the owner over or asks for the owner to speak to the owner. Gives the owner, I guess, money to go buy 15 pounds of crawfish to bring it to the restaurant, and the chef cooked it up for him. I mean, that's – I mean, that's – you want to talk about – that is a bull move. That really is. I mean, that is that is a great story when you think about it. And everyone's like, wow, that's Ed Orgeron. That's all of it. And he is LSU football. If there's a guy that you look at and say, that should be the LSU football coach, it's Ed Orgeron. But I bring up Burrow for a reason. You know, 23 years of age uh, in, and now looking to be the number one player selected come April in the NFL draft. And more than likely that pick is going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals as they'll move on from Andy Dalton and they'll bring in the 23-year-old, and it looks like athletically throwing under duress, completing 80% of his passes, can make all the throws, has got cannon for an arm, smart, savvy, dealt with pressure. There's nothing that you cannot not like about what Joe Burrow showed you at LSU this year. But it's it's not written in stone. And I, I bring it up because it, it's amazing when we look at college football and we start off the conversation this morning talking about another great performance by Lamar Jackson down in Baltimore with the Ravens in the Thursday night football game as Baltimore throttled the Jets 42-21. And really it was the rare talent evaluator that predicted stardom for Jackson in the National Football League. A lot of people had questions, concerns about his game and what he was going to be coming out of Louisville. And even as in, and that was a highly decorated star on the college level. And as everybody looks at Joe Burrow down at LSU, is he going to be a star in the NFL? Well, you hope. It's a great story. He's a good kid. He's done everything right. He's starred down at LSU. He's got weapons at the wide receiver position. Handles himself well. Handled the pressurized spot, but... I cannot sit here and say on this Friday morning with 100% certainty that Joe Burrow is going to be a star. Because I don't know. I think he's got all the potential to be that. I think he deserves to be the number one overall pick. I think he will be the number one overall pick. I think if Tua was healthy, I would rather probably have Tua coming out of Alabama than Joe Burrow on the NFL level. But there's nothing like not to like. But doesn't necessarily mean that he is going to be an absolute stud in the National Football League. And that's what I was thinking about last night. I hope he is. It's a great story. But as I hear the awards being announced, him winning one award after another, I know probably in all likelihood had the the Heisman Trophy of that list this weekend in New York City. And as the college bowl season will get going on December the 20th, which is right around the corner. As the holiday season is upon us and we inch closer and closer to those national semifinals, the next test for the great Joe Burrow. It all adds up, but on the next level, it'll be a different test altogether. And just because you were a star in college football doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a star in the National Football League. And that's why it makes it so difficult. That's why if you're a Raven, a Chief fan, say a Bill fan like Taz or 
Uh, you know, and I loved uh, I love Sam Darnold with the Jets. If you're a Jet fan, if you've got a dynamic young quarterback, you got a quarterback you believe in. You got a guy that in your in your fold that you think is going to be your quarterback for the next ten years, and you got no reservations about whether or not you can he can play at that level. You're lucky. You're in a good spot because then the the best position, the most difficult position, the most important position in the NFL, you've got a solution. You've got an answer to that position. And from that point forward, the rest of the team is about talent evaluation. But the most difficult position to evaluate, you've solved it. We'll see if Joe Barrow ends up being an answer for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're certainly going to get an opportunity, a well-deserved one, because he was an absolute stud at LSU. With that being said, you look at the landscape around the National Football League. As Week 15 does approach, and we've got a game in the books already, um, you know, it's it's an intriguing slate of games. And I say that for a, a very reason. Listen, Pat's riding a two-game losing streak on the road in Cincinnati. You would expect the Patriots to get healthy. Bucks and Lions doesn't do all that much for me. I mean, I am intrigued by Bears and Packers, the history of that great rivalry. It is Lambeau Field. It is mid-December. The Packers are a 10-win team. LaFleur's had a good rookie, uh, you know, rookie year as a head coach. Good first year, I should say, as a head coach in the National Football League. But the Bears have seemed to have turned a corner as well, especially with Mitchell Trubisky. Texans and Titans are a good one. And I was thinking about the Tennessee Titans for this reason. Because as we look at Adam Gaze with the Jets, and Adam Gaze was down in Miami with Ryan Tannehill and had some success with Ryan Tannehill, but at some point they decided to part ways with Tannehill and move on and Tannehill ended up signing with the Tennessee Titans to be Marcus Mariota's backup. And there wasn't anybody that was clamoring for Ryan Tannehill to be a starter in the National Football League. But think about this. He takes over for Marcus Mariota. And I understand he's got Derrick Henry to lean on with that ground game down in Tennessee. Amazingly enough, Ryan Tannehill is showing himself and acquitting himself to being the guy down in Tennessee. Now... Does that tell you, does that say the situation down in South Beach was bad? Does that tell you that maybe Tannehill matured as a player? Does that tell you that the coaching down in South Beach was bad? As Adam Gase and who's, you know, his best, one of his best buddies, Peyton Manning, is calling teams, basically telling the teams to hire Adam Gase, as he did with Chris Johnson and the Jets. And he was brought in to be this quarterback savant, right? For what he did as an offensive coordinator with Manning, even though anybody, I mean, Bilotti, Baseglia, Heller, myself could have been the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was his own offensive coordinator. But you want to give him credit for what he did with Jake Cutler in Chicago and the Bears. But he was brought down to South Beach to get the best out of Ryan Tannehill, and he didn't do it. Now Tannehill suffered a torn ACL, and I get that, but when he was on the field, you saw a regression in the play of Ryan Tannehill. And when he stepped into that starter's role this year with the Tennessee Titans and replaced an ineffective Marcus Mariota, did anybody think that we'd be looking at the Titans as being a relevant team week 15 and Ryan Tannehill being the quarterback that has helped them be a relevant team in week 15? Those would have been, if you went into a sports book, FanDuel, what have you, and asked for odds on that, the odds would have been pretty good. But the Tennessee Titans are just that. They're an 8-5 and five football team, and Ryan Tannehill has shown himself to be the solution down there at the quarterback spot. Who would have ever thunk that? 
Does it say something a little bit about Gase? Maybe. Maybe it says about the situation he's in now, being a winning culture, a winning team that has an understanding of what they need to do in order to be successful. I think Broncos and Chiefs out there in Kansas City is another good one for this very reason. John Elway has searched, searched and searched and searched for that quarterback to be the guy after Peyton Manning. Paxton Lynch coming out of Memphis. Remember, they drafted him in the first round. Paxton Lynch was an absolute stiff. Couldn't play. Could not play. You got a sense of that early on in his career in the National Football League. Joe Flacco. And I was a proponent of Joe Flacco. I thought he had a little bit more game left in him. Joe Flacco's career is over. I mean, he can't play. Maybe he can be a backup quarterback in the National Football League. But the idea of Joe Flacco being a starter in the NFL, being a guy that he could win with consistently in the NFL, those days are long gone. Now, you give Flacco credit. He gambled on himself. The Ravens went out there and won a Super Bowl. He got paid. Generations of Flaccos are set up here moving forward. But he's no longer a starter in the NFL. And they've run through a gamut of guys out there. Case Keenum being another one. Remember when they brought in Case Keenum after his great year in Minnesota when the Minnesota Vikings went on with Kirk Cousins. Keenum didn't work out and they couldn't wait to get rid of him and got rid of him and trade him to the Washington Redskins. I know it's early. I know it's only a couple of games. And he was better in game two against the Texans than he was in game one against the Chargers. But I look at Drew Locke, and I was not a lover of his game coming out of Missouri. I know he had a cannon for an arm. I knew he threw the ball a lot. I know he's a little bit arrogant, a little cocky with his strength of his arm. But I'll tell you, he looks like a player. He looks like a player physically. We know he had a cannon coming out of Missouri. Athletically, he's got a presence about him as well. Maybe, just maybe. As the Denver Broncos were one of those teams, if the Giants didn't draft Daniel Jones sixth overall, the Broncos probably would have taken him at 10. If the Broncos didn't take him at 10, the Redskins would have taken him at 15. And Daniel Jones seemed to be the apple of the eye of about three or four teams in the top half of that first round. And they waited for Drew Locke. Maybe their patience will pay off because I'll tell you, I know it's only one game or a couple games, but really one impressive tour de force performance down in Houston against the Texans. But I've watched a lot of football over my life. Drew Locke looks like a player. I'm not saying he can go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. I don't think that's happening. But very, very quietly here, the Denver Broncos have kind of turned a corner for Vic Fangio. The defense, even after losing Bradley Chubb to a torn ACL earlier on in the regular season, the defense has gotten healthier aside from Chubb, the return of Von Miller. They're running the football a little bit better. Cortland Sutton is an absolute star wide receiver. Noah Fett, the rookie tight end out of Iowa, has gotten better as this season goes along. And for fantasy players out there, he is going to be a top fantasy wide receiver in 2020 as he has been for the last five or six weeks. That Bronco team has kind of turned a corner a little bit. I think they give the Chiefs a little bit of a game. I don't think they can win the game, but I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if Drew Locke has himself another quality game against the defense that he should be pretty successful about. How about the Seattle Seahawks after a bad performance on the again on you know against the the Los Angeles Rams on the road last Sunday night, going on the road against Carolina? That Panther team, aside from McCaffrey, 
really kind of has folded the tents to an extent. The firing of Ron Rivera, we'll see where he ends up in the National Football League in 2020 because he's made it perfectly clear. You know, when you look at the 4 o'clock games, I think the game that everyone's going to circle is the Rams and Cowboys. Dallas, that NFC East is dreadful. But even as bad as that division is, the Cowboys have got a shot to win that division and kind of control their own destiny. I mean, they went out. Uh, they're going to be your NFC East champs, and they're going to be hosting a playoff game come Wild Card weekend. Everything we've talked about the Cowboys, the criticism by Aikman, the questions about the future of Jason Garrett, who's going to replace Garrett? Should Garrett get fired after the season comes to an end? What does Garrett have to do in the postseason? Should the Cowboys get there in order to secure a job for 2020? Can he do anything outside of making it to the Super Bowl? But when you look at it, as much as we talk about the talent of the Dallas Cowboys, they don't look inspired at all. Their performance as of late has been just flat-out bad. Earlier on in the year, it was bad starts. Strong finishes. Some of those finishes were not good enough to negate the starts that they got off to in in the games earlier on, first half of the year. Now their play is lackluster. I mean... Their last game against the Chicago Bears. You want to talk about bad performance. That was a brutal performance. And sometimes you get wake-up games, right? You watch enough sports regardless. Football, hockey, basketball, baseball. You know, you get, there's, there's teams that you look at get right, get healthy. Doormats, teams you can gain a lot of confidence from, work on things with. You're on the losing streak. You want to see a get-right game. Biseglia's Giants are a get-right team this year. That's the team you want to see strolling into the building. Don't know how to win. Coach is absolutely lost. We're going to get right this week. We're going to get a win in the column. We'll use this to build upon something. Not saying you're all of a sudden a championship caliber team, but you start to gain a little bit of confidence. The Dallas Cowboys looked like that get-right team against the Chicago Bears despite the fact that they have control in this division, and you look at the Los Angeles Rams, you could have a get-right game, and you could have a wake-up game. That game against the Baltimore Ravens, I think they rocked that organization to its core. They were embarrassed. They got lit up. Phillips defensively had no idea how to slow down Lamar Jackson at a Ravens offense. But after that game, they didn't go into a tailspin They've gotten better. And I love to sit here and tell you out here on this Friday morning, I like the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. I'll tell you, I don't see it. I like the Cowboys on the road against the Bears. That didn't work out particularly well. They come back home. Do I think they'll play a better game? Well, if they don't, they're going to get their doors blown off. I think they'll play a better game. But it doesn't mean they're going to win that game nonetheless. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Chef Mike has arrived. The Bolotti breakfast body. Put a smile on your face. I mean, you look like basically we're sending you to prison. Are you happy? Oh, yeah, I am. Was I wrong there, Basegli? I looked across the way. He I know, seen, we're, I know he... we're a minute late to break here, Bolotti, but I looked across the way. A, a man made you a, a beautiful baked chicken meal. When he sees the food, there will be a smile. And there's actually a... Uh... Some bonus food in the bag. Oh, there is? Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Wow, look at Chef Mike delivering. We're happy campers on this Friday morning. It's Taz of the Moose, Mark Melusa's Flying Solo, CBS Sports Radio.
Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. Chef Mike is a legendary presence here on the Taz and the Moose show. Is that is that too strong or is that dead on correct, Bilotti? Um, A presence. Not legendary. Wow. That I mean, I will say, you know, Chef Mike just went above and beyond. Not only... <laughs> Did he? Not only did he, and we love Chef Mike. Uh, and remember, check out uh, City Vineyards. He's the executive chef there at City Vineyards. If you're in New York City, does a very, very good job. And congratulations to him on getting that promotion about uh, 10, 11 months ago. But a couple weeks back, we had a a little bit of a contest, you know, because Chef Mike is obviously a proud member of We Over Nation. Bilotti cannot stand We Over Nation. Uh, goes back and forth with those guys and gals on Twitter all the time. Chef Mike represented We Over. Bilotti represented himself, Team Bilotti. Me Over. Me Over Nation. Correct. And we did a little contest, five questions apiece. What was on the line was that uh, Bilotti would have to buy Chef Mike a wrestling tee of his choice if he should lose. Chef Mike would have to make Bilotti a meal of his choice should he lose. Five questions apiece on Taz's career. And we had my, my great co-host uh, came up with the, the 10 questions, five apiece. Bilotti was victorious on that faithful morning. And Chef Mike paid his due, paid, uh, paid up his uh, lost bet this morning. Baked chicken, Brussels sprouts, a basil vine- vinaigrette with fingerling potatoes. And not only did Chef Mike give Bilotti the meal of his choice, he also delivered bacon, egg, and cheeses for the rest of the crew. Heller's got one. I got one. Baseglia's got one. Bilotti is going to partake as well, along with his baked chicken. Um, and that is a hell of a job by Chef Mike. So we thank. I mean, that's a nice great round. Job. We thank Chef Mike. Legend in my book. Legend in my book. Food picks on Twitter. Yeah, hopping on a yes, hopping on an Uber this morning, driving down to the studios. Baseglia uh, meeting them downstairs and delivering the faithful food. And uh, that is a hell of a job. That's. I mean, that is that is good stuff. Salt of the earth stuff. Now. I've not had the bacon, egg, and cheese, but it is great. Every time Mike is, Chef Mike has brought the food, it's been great here. Now, my my question is for Bilotti is this. He asked, should he start to eat? I said, well, it's 730 in the morning. I don't know if you want to take down a quarter chicken, some Brussels sprouts, and fingerling <laughs> potatoes. It's kind of a heavy meal to get yourself going. Maybe you should hold off to maybe when the, the sun rises a little bit as you establish yourself in the day. I said, you have to try the food. So Bilotti did try it. What's your early returns? I tried the Brussels sprouts, and they are excellent. They were made a way I had never had them before with a little with the vinaigrette, and they were excellent. So I'm looking forward to this meal. For I'm going to save it. I'm going to put it in the fridge, have it for lunch. Oh, make sure you mark that up. Yeah, that's a good That'll call. be gone by yeah. 8 a.m. Yeah, make Ooh. sure you mark that up because there'll be somebody combing that fridge, you know, throwing the stuff that's got that fungus growing on it, and then picking out the fresh food. Your food looks very, very fresh. Very good. But yeah, I'm going to hide it. It's going to get hidden in the back somewhere well, next to the fungus. Be careful. Now, the, the fungus might actually eat your food. <laughs> That's right. Now, Bisegli is a very clean eater on a day-in, day-out basis. Well, not lately. Well, for the most part. I'm trying to give you credit here. No, but <laughs> Just play bad. along. I know it's Just been play bad. along. It's like I feel like I'm talking to Heller in the first hour where I asked him a question and he's staring blankly uh, in the air. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just quinoa and avocados. All right. Day. Let's go. Anyway, so... <laughs> Um, you know, very clean eater. As a, are you? Uh, 
Bellotti, are you going to allow Mike to try the Brussels sprouts? I think he already may have. No, I have not, but I am dying to get into that chicken. If I was Pete this morning, I would have had half of it already. Oh, you would have devoured it. Oh, I'm ready to go. Oh, Oh, it looks The the skin is crispy. It's got a nice garnish on top. The potatoes are perfectly cooked to a nice... uh, They've got crunch, but yet still smooth when you bite in. You know what we should Just do? Just guessing. One day we should, after after one of these uh, after one of these shows, before the end of the year, we should head over to City Vineyards and go have lunch and go visit Chef Mike. That would be a fool, that would be a cool time. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. We should try and do that. We should try and make that happen one of these days. Taz and the Moose holiday holiday meal. Yeah, be nice. I mean, I don't think anybody on the show made it to the holiday party here. You did. So you, you have there. your own. I did. Yeah, we could it, have, yeah. yeah, you were there. You were there hobnobbing and rubbing elbows. You're right. You, you were you, literally rubbing elbows because it was pretty tight quarters. It was, but yeah. it was packed. I heard the food was delicious. It was delicious, yeah. Open bar. Open bar. Holiday music playing. A lot of loud holiday music. Right. Know. And a live band or was no, it just DJ? DJ, DJ oh, yeah. There you go. You know what the first thing I thought of? Is besides the fact that we have to get up early, um, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not, you know, you're yelling at people. You don't realize how much you're yelling when you talk to people. Yes. And I walk out of there, I'm like, I hope I have a voice for Taz and the Moose tomorrow. That's kind of what I thought as I walked out of there. Well, but I was yeah. like, but I'm well fed, so that's okay. Well, that's okay, yeah. And your voice was able to recover. Yeah, I made it through the week somehow. Did you, did you enjoy a cocktail or two? I had one cocktail. Was- they were, they were, when you walked in, they were, um, Waiters and waitresses with uh, trays of uh, drinks. Those Moscow Mule was the, uh, the oh, special. There Moscow was some, Mule's a delicious drink. Uh, yeah, there was the sh- uh, champagne. It was red wine and white wine. All right, all so walked in. let's try and take a guess. What do you think the Heller cocktail of choice is? What is the Heller cocktail of choice? Do you get cri- like you go? Maybe not. This was not the holiday party, but just you go to a bar. Okay, it's not a beer, but mm-hmm. you're going to get yourself a mixed drink. Okay, the cocktail of choice, Bilotti, What do you think the Heller cocktail of choice is? Oh, these will be some fun I'm gonna guesses. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say rum and coke. Rum and coke, Biseglia cocktail or cocktail of choice. Maker's Mark Manhattan, straight up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with a uh, a dirty martini. <clears throat> Uh, Bilotti's the closest. Rum and ginger ale. Rum and... Captain rum and, and ginger ale, yeah. Captain and ginger. Captain and ginger. There you go. With a lime. Can... With a lime. Little lime. I know my anchors. <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, my... There you go. Hello, uh, what's going on this morning, brother? All right, Moose. This report's sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more. On car insurance. Thursday night football was another Lamar Jackson show in primetime. Jackson steps. Deep ball. Separation. Jackson end zone. It's caught. Seth Roberts. Touchdown Ravens. Number four for Lamar Jackson. That's high and eagle on Westwood one. Jackson ended up with five touchdown passes. The Ravens ripped the Jets 42-21 for their 10th straight win. They also lock up. The AFC North. Jackson was proud of the fact that those five touchdown passes went to five different receivers. It's always important. Um, those guys work so hard. And, you know, our system built on, you know, guys, sometimes the guys have to block more than they want to. Um, and, and it's great to get uh, everyone involved in it each and every time I can. Now, Jackson also ran for 86, giving him more than 1,100 for the season, breaking Michael Vick's single season record for rushing yards by a quarterback. The Ravens get to 12 and 2. The Jets fall to 5 and 9. Scary news involving former NBA commissioner David Stern, who underwent emergency surgery yesterday after suffering a brain hemorrhage. The league did not give an update on the 77-year-old's condition. 
On the court, Luka Doncic, he took his act to Mexico City. Does he go for 40 tonight against Snell? To his right, Snell reached around, couldn't get it. Luka floating it off the board, and there it is. The fourth 40-point game for Luka. Chuck Cooperstein on Mavericks Radio, 41 for John Doncic in his eighth triple-double of the season. The Mavs outscored the Pistons in Mexico, 122-111. to The Sixers got a season-high 38 points. From Joel Embiid, also 13 rebounds. They handed the Celtics their first home loss of the season, 115-109 in Boston. Nuggets beat the Blazers, 114-99. The Heat suspending Deion Waiters for the third time this season, this time for, quote, failure to adhere to team policies, violation of team rules, and continued insubordination. A lot of hard work for LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. He's, of course, the favorite to win the Heisman tomorrow, but last night winning the Maxwell and Davey O'Brien Awards for Best Overall Player and Best College Quarterback, respectively. On the ice, the Flames won their seventh in a row. They beat the Maple Leafs 4-2. to The Red Wings snapping a 12-game winless streak as they beat the Jets 5-2. to The Bruins have lost five in a row, 3-2 to the Lightning. The Rangers top the Sharks in San Jose 6-3. Uh, six Sharks have lost six in a row, Moose. All right. Uh, thank you. I uh, appreciate that, Brad. Uh, talk to you next hour. Sounds good. All right. Did you hear about the Sean Payton? So Payton getting criticized uh, routinely um, for going, decided in clock management, game management, that Saints 49ers game, which was a very, very entertaining game. If you've had, um, if you had no uh, skin in the game, if you didn't have a particular rooting interest, if you're not a Saints or Niners fan, didn't have any money on the game. Um, and the one, the, the interesting thing when you take a look at it um, was Sean Payton's, or the critical thing of Sean Payton was his decision to go for two um, early on in the game. And, you know, was criticized by commentators, I guess, criticized in the media. Some fans were kind of bothered by it and affected that game as um, you saw the the 49ers late kicking the field goal to win it. And Jimmy Garoppolo and company walking off the field down there in the bayou with the victory. And a hell of a game and a hell of a win by by, uh, Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers. With that being said, Peyton, I guess, did a radio interview and I guess is getting tired of the criticism. And he said, I can certainly understand fans asking questions, but he said he was at the, he was going to get steak or going to get, uh, you know, going to the butcher at Whole Foods. And he explains the story. I got the guy at freaking Whole Foods asking me about the two point play, the guy from the meat section. I looked at him and said, hey, your steaks don't, your steaks don't look good right now. Worry about your freaking meat. Think about if you're Sean Payton. And I, I don't mind going to the grocery store. I really don't. I honestly find it kind of peaceful. I, I don't mind walking up and down the aisles. You find and you see new products. When my wife will tell me, you know, do you mind going to the store? As long as I have time to be able to do it, as long as I don't have all three kids with me, because that's another story. Uh, because all they want to do is eat candy and, and grab stuff off the shelves and they want the sugary cereals and everything like As long as I'm able to kind of get into my own world, you know, that's fine. But you're able to kind of get away from it all. And if you're Sean Payton, you're not reading the papers. You're certainly not listening to the radio. You know, you're dealing with the the loss, and it was a tough loss. Very entertaining game, but tough loss. But the Saints are one of the teams in the NFC that you can clearly see getting down to South Beach, getting to Miami, getting to a Super Bowl come February. You got an older quarterback in Drew Brees. Tough loss, though, but you think you're safe, basically in safe haven. I'm at the grocery store. I'm doing some food shopping. I you know, I just need to kind of get lost for a half hour and 45 minutes. I'm at the meat section. 
I'm looking at whether I should go with a filet, a T-bone, a porterhouse. Maybe you're getting some chopped meat. You're going to make a little meatballs and sauce, whatever it might be. And the guy that's behind the counter, maybe, you know, delicatessen, you're there ordering some ham and cheese. But the guy behind the counter is he's trying to pick out a nice piece of steak to maybe have for dinner to kind of drown his sorrows in food. The guy that's basically going to hand you out the steak, butcher paper and all, is criticizing or questioning why you decided to go for two early on in the game. I mean, if you're Sean Payton, you got to say to yourself, come on, give me a little bit of a break here. It's been a long enough day as it is. It's been a, yes, we lost the game. All right, looking back on it, it was probably a bad decision. And it's not like Sean Payton saying to himself, he's above being questioned. It's not that. But there's a time and a place for everything. There really is. There's There are times, like I tell my wife, there are times when, and I'm not comparing myself to Sean Payton, but there are times when we're at family parties where we're in the car with the kids, and I'm like, and my wife will warn me, say, listen, guy that there's a big giant fan. He loves talking about sports. He might hit you up and want to talk about sports. You, you just have to know about it. Because I'll go to a, I'll go to like a friend's party and like I, I there are times I don't want to break down the Yankees or the Mets or you know the Astros or baseball or football or what happened in the NFL draft or what's going on in the NBA playoffs or where I play Steph play Steph Curry and them among the all-time greats or am I a LeBron or Michael guy? I uh, I don't need to I uh, you know there are times I love talking sports it's what I do for a living um, I'm lucky enough in life to be able to do what I love to do, and I've got a passion for it. But there comes a point in time where you need to get away mentally. There does come that point. You can't be grinding every single day. You can't be doing talk shows 24-7 and expect to be fresh as a daisy when you come on the air. So I do understand that. You know, I do understand that. My wife will do a good job of warning me when it's coming. But, you know, there are times where you're sitting there, you get done doing a three- or four-hour talk show, and the last thing you want to do when you're going to maybe pick up a little bit of breakfast at a delicatessen is the guy that's making, you know, your bacon, egg, and cheese, and you're breaking down the Mets offseason moves. And what Brody Van Wagenen is doing. Or do you think Garrett Cole will live up to the $324 million contract? Or do you think Joe Burrow is actually that good? Who do you like to win the national championship? Are you an LSU guy, Ohio State guy, or do you think it's uh, going to be Dabo and Clemson again? Do you think Clemson is battle-tested enough? So I can only imagine, and I I just talk about sports. I'm not, I don't have skin in the game. My livelihood is not dependent on whether teams win or lose. It's dependent on whether or not I do a good job, know what I'm talking about, entertaining. You know what that goes all into it in terms of being a good talk show host. If I'm Sean Payton, I have an awful loss at home, a game I should never have lost. My team collapses in the fourth quarter. Back and forth nature. What point in time, though, do have a commanding lead in the game as the 49ers come rolling back. Defense gets a little bit exposed. I'm at Whole Foods trying to pick up something for dinner or maybe the groceries for the week, and I got the guy behind the, basically the butcher behind the meat stand basically questioning what I did over the course of that game. Not saying I can't be questioned, but let the guy breathe a little bit. You are at the grocery store, but it is a tremendous story. You can't get away from it. I like coach goes to the grocery store, does it himself. I think I that's like cool. that as well. But I'm one of the I love. I don't mind going to the grocery store. Do you like going to the grocery store, Bissegla? I love going to the grocery store when there's nobody there and it's when it's chaos and there's a million people. I hate it. But 
I'm with you. When there's nobody there and you can go up and down the aisles, I'll put on some good music, some good podcasts, and just kind of chill out. I love it. Bilotti? I, that's one of those things I, I like to go in and out. Like, So I have to go on a light day. Go. Nobody there, Nobody but there. you don't mind going. I don't mind going. I'll go. You don't seem to enjoy it as much as Bisseglia. No, I'm not, I'm not putting on tunes and, and, and dancing down the aisle. I'm not Have a that. blast. Well, I don't know if I, I – yeah, I agree. With you. I don't know if I'm dancing down the aisle, but I do agree with the peaceful serenity because there's a spot in New Rochelle, New York, a shop right that's open 24-7, 24-7. So there have been a night where I'm leaving SMY late where I'll stop off there especially around the holidays if we're hosting where I have to get stuff and I'm able, there's basically five people in the building and two of them are cashiers and you basically have the entire grocery store to yourself and it's very peaceful. The music's playing. You're able to walk up and down the aisles. You're able to focus. It's not a mad rush. They're not questioning how many items you have in your cart when you go 15 items or less. There's none of that going on and it's nice. It is peaceful. That's one of the – there are not many – my wife sometimes throw things on the to-do list. Going to the grocery store is one of those things. I don't mind going to the grocery store. I go every Friday night by myself. I there do it like go. at 5 o'clock at night. There's nobody there. It's maybe my favorite time of the week. <laughs> we'll come back. we got NFL picks for you. I've been staggering around this uh, this, uh, this year with the NFL picks. Taz has uh, been hot as a firecracker. We'll get into the NFL picks. We'll give you them next. It's Taz and the Moose with you. Mark Melissa's is flying solo on this uh, Friday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, week 15 of the NFL is upon us. The Sunday that will be. We ran through some of the games of interest of note at the top of the 7 o'clock hour Eastern time. Thursday night game already in the books going the Ravens way as they don't know how to lose right now. Beating the Jets 42-21. So you know what that means. It's another football Friday. Let's get to it. Some NFL picks. The Taz and Moose picks are for fun only. This is not for gambling purposes. Just some chuckles and a good time. Enjoy the Taz and Moose picks now. Listen irresponsibly. It's now time for the Taz and Moose NFL picks. The three picks you need to know. All right. So here we go. Taz, is it last week? Is he 0-6 with his last six picks? He is, yeah. Uh, so he was steamrolling, staggering a bit now. Uh, 25 and 17. I mean, still a healthy record on the year. Eight games over the 500 mark. That's nothing to be ashamed of. You should be proud of that. Uh, and I'm sure he'll rally this week. He's got a seven and a half pick lead. If you think you think I've been bad, think about this. I mean, he's gone 0 and 6 the last two weeks. I've gone 2 and 4. So yeah. Hopefully you're betting against us. 2 and 10 combined with our last 12 NFL picks. That's terrible. 17, 24, and 1. I am on the season, and uh, Taz has got a seven and a half pick lead. I mean, that's not; those are not Hall of Fame selections on my part. I'll tell you that. That yeah. is brutal to be to go zero and six and only lose the two games. <laughs> uh, just a comfortable. It's like a baseball team in the summer, just coasting. To yeah, the finish just line. coasting to the finish line. You're right about that. That's a good point, Mike. That's a good point. All right. Um, so there you have it. You want me to go first? You want to get? I'll go first. So here we go. Uh, first pick for me. 
We're going to go down to our nation's capital, Redskins Eagles. And I know the Eagles are banged up at the wide receiver position. And Washington gave themselves a representable performance. They've actually played better for Bill Callahan uh, than they were playing. They haven't folded up the tents. It's a testament to Callahan and that coaching staff. Um, I think when you look at Haskins at quarterback, I think he's looked pretty good uh, as of late. Not great, but pretty good. Losing Geis uh, to another injury at running back certainly hurts, but old man Adrian Peterson has stepped in at times and ran the ball very, very well and being physical at the point of attack. Uh, we ran through the NFC East a little bit earlier. You know, Eagles-Cowboys meet in a couple weeks. They're both 6-7. and seven. We'll see you in terms of how both teams finish here. Um, and both teams, if they win out, arguably speaking, whoever wins out is going to end up winning the division. So, uh, that's all on the table. Give me the Eagles. I'll lay the five on the road in Washington. Divisional game. Eagles responded second half against the Giants on Monday night. Um, played much better than they did in half number one. I just don't see them after surviving that kind of game, even with the limitations at the wide receiver position the Eagles have. Defensively, I think they'll get after Haskins. Offensively, I think that uh, Carson Wentz will do enough. Give me the Eagles laying five. That's pick number one for me. All right, how about Taz? All right, for Taz, we'll stick in the NFC East for the team he likes. Giants at home versus the Dolphins. Taz will take the Giants laying the three and a half. All right, Giants laying the three and a half. That's pick number one for Taz. All right, pick number two for me. We're going to go to Dallas. Cowboys and Rams. And I'll tell you... I've kind of gone back and forth. I want to pick this game because I'm really interested to watch this one, 425 Eastern time on Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm going to take the Rams on the road. They seem to have turned the corner. I mentioned it earlier this hour after getting their doors blown off by the Baltimore Ravens. And how do you trust the Dallas Cowboys right now? I'd love to tell you, Cowboys coming back home, they'll play better. We saw that on Thanksgiving. The Bills walked in there and beat them up. All right, well, they'll respond. A week later, they'll respond on the road in Chicago. Not too cold. I mean, it's Mitch Trubisky, and Trubisky goes out there. What does he account for four touchdowns in the game? I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. As the Bears beat the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys looked absolutely lifeless. So how am I supposed to sit here and say, well, I know it's a week-to-week league, but we're seeing more and more of a lifeless performance by the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't trust them. They're coming back home. The Rams have turned a corner a little bit. They understand that they need a little help, but they need to win out. They can't afford another loss. Give me the Los Angeles Rams on the road, laying one and a half against the Cowboys. That's pick number two for me. All right, Moose, like you, Taz likes the Eagles, minus five, laying the five, going into Washington. All right, so two NFC East teams he selects, Eagles and Giants. Uh, Those are his uh, uh, first two picks. All right, pick number three for me. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take the uh, Green Bay Packers home laying four uh, against the Chicago Bears. Yes, they're a flawed 10-3 and three team. Yes, their defense gives up big plays. Yes, they do struggle against the run. But do I really trust Trubisky on the road, Lambeau, great rivalry, mid-December to win that football game on the road? I don't. Do you? That's why I'm taking the Packers. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I'll lay the four. Could it end up being a field goal game? It could. Are the Packers right now? Do I think they can win a Super Bowl? Probably not. They're gonna make them. They're gonna get to the playoffs, and they're deserving to be a ten-win team. Bears defense a little leaky. There's things that Bears can do offensively against that Packers defense. I just don't trust Trubisky enough right now to think he can keep that game within six. 
So I'll lay the four. Give me the Packers. That's pick number three for me. All right, pick number three for Taz, Mikey. And the final one for Taz. He likes Detroit. The Lions plus three and a half at home against the Buccaneers. So Lions plus three and a half. All right, so there you have it. Your six selections. I'm going Packers laying four. Pick number one. Eagles laying five. Pick number two. And the Rams laying one and a half. Those are my three picks. How about uh, Taz there, Mike? Giants laying three and a half. Eagles laying five. And the Lions plus three and a half at home. There you have it. And so here's what you need to do. You heard all six of those selections. We are a combined two and ten over the last two weeks. So you take those picks down, you write them down, and you go oppo. That's what you need to do. And you know what? If you if you head over to a sports book, if you like to play on Sundays, you know what exactly what I mean. There's a thing that's saying riding the hot hand and you can also ride the cool hand as well. And you take whatever that person likes, and you go the other way. We call it a mush. And certainly Taz and I, in the last couple of weeks, we've been mushes. We'll come back. We'll talk a little baseball. Adam Fisher will join us. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.